Welcome to Busy House Happy Home, where you can ask Charlie your home dilemmas and I will help you along with my expert friends so your busy house becomes a happy home. I am very excited that I have got wonderful Auntie Margaret on the podcast this week. Now, this is the last episode of this season, um, this first season of the podcast, and I thought I would save the best till last. So I want to welcome this wonderful lady who has been a huge part of my life since the moment I was born. Auntie, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Charlie. It's just lovely to see you again. And uh, of course, we have such happy memories going back to your childhood, to the first day you were born. And we've uh, been in touch all those years, which is amazing. It I've is seen amazing. you grow up from a little tiny baby to a beautiful young lady. And your mother was so proud of you. Oh, Auntie, thank you. So I think we need to give our listeners a bit of background because you're not really my auntie. No, but I no, that's call you. I call that's you right. auntie. But we've adopted you as our children, really. You really have. So, oh, yes. can you tell everybody how you met my parents? Yes, that's very interesting, actually. We're going back many, many years. And I was coming back from Dollar, the boys' school, driving back over the Dornoch Moors, the wilds of Scotland, you know. And um, this young couple, their car had broken down on the side. And knowing the Dornoch Moors, you could sit there for weeks and no one would pass. So I sort of reversed my car, got out and offered them some help, you see. And uh, I saw this lovely young lady sitting in the car and her husband. And he assured me that um, they were having problems with the radiator and he would manage to get back to the uh, first town, which was Forest. So I bade them a fond farewell in the hope that they would make it. And um, and that was that was our first meeting. And when I was saying goodbye, all I could see was your mummy's face saying, thank you so much, darling. Thank you so much. How kind of you. Which was the way your mother would greet someone and say, yeah, thank you. She was so sweet. So I sort of motored home and thought no more about it. And next morning, um, Gerald, my husband, uh, who was the padre on the station, he was taking the, the church service. And we were having a visit. Uh, the bishop was visiting us that morning. And um, so we were having a few people back for lunch. And your uncle, Padre Gerald, came back and he said, by the way, he said, there were a new, the new young couple in church this morning, so I invited them to join us, you see? Well, that was fine, not a problem. Was a couple more for lunch? Nothing. So our guests had arrived, and then the doorbell went, and I opened it, and who was there but your mum and dad, this young couple. I stopped, and your mum took one look, and she said, are you the Padre's wife? <laughs> I said, yes. And she, I said, do come in. That was the beginning of a wonderful, wonderful friendship. 
which was to last nigh on 50 years and longer. Yeah. And longer. Would that have been in the late 60s? Or early it 50s? was. Um, mummy, mummy is, yes, it would be uh, the late 60s because my children, Stephen and David, were at boarding school and Mark and Michael were, they'd be about six and four at the time. Um, and of course, we had uh, mum, your mum and dad took to the family very quickly mm. and we had some well I can sort of go on and tell you more details as time goes on about mm. uh, the, um, the experiences we shared together some hilarious but, and but some that was that sad. was the start of this lifelong friendship that Absolutely. has scoped across the generations which yes is you know Charlie sometimes in life you meet people and I don't know how this happens, but you meet people and you seem to click straight away. Yeah. And for all we had um, years between us, you know, I was old enough to be your mother's mother. Yeah. Uh, we just seemed to click and got on really, really well. And we had some wonderful times um, during our time up in Scotland in Marishfire. Yeah. And both your mum and dad just took to it, loved it. And that's the beginning of our wonderful friendship. Yeah, 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 it, which is amazing. And I think they were so happy up there. Those early oh, days, they, the stories wonderful. were wonderful. Will you tell us the story about um, when they used to have dinner parties? Yes. <laughs> you know what your mother was like? She used to oh, give the most wonderful dinner parties. She loved it and she loved entertaining. The hostess with the mostest. And um, they were very young and they were renting a little cottage away in the wilds in the country. And they loved to entertain and have guests and friends to dinner. Needless to say, Uncle and I had a wonderful time because we had to be invited to these dinner parties simply because they had no dining room table. <laughs> and so our table collapsed into a small, much smaller table. We would put it in the boot of the car and go there half an hour earlier and set up the table. And I always did the flowers for your mum and your mum's table. She liked to set out a nice table. And I always did the flowers. And then so we were first to arrive and last to leave. We had to wait till the last guest had gone because we needed the table next morning for breakfast. <laughs> It was wonderful, wonderful. Oh, so wonderful, so wonderful. And you know, talking about the flowers, you did flowers for so many occasions. That's right. I think probably mine and Ed's christening. That's right, that's right. Um, yep. Certainly you were involved in my wedding flowers. Absolutely. And my 30th birthday and Coco's christening. That's right. That's um, right. You always, but you know, you know, Charlie. Oh. Prior, yeah, prior to that, um, when you were born, I did your christening flowers. I did Edward's christening flowers. Any dinner parties Mummy had, I did her flowers, and uh, then, of course, I went on to uh, do your flowers for your wedding, which was a great honour. In fact, I, I, I have a photograph 
uh, and I think I sent some photographs on to you. Did you, you get did. them? You did. I got them, which was so kind of you, Auntie. Um, such yeah. lovely to have photos and the wonderful. I know ones. it is. Well, they're happy memories because um, I love the photograph of Ed on the motorbike. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you were just about I think a year year and a half sitting on my lap yeah um yeah so the, it's quite amazing as I said to you this happens in life and there are some people that become as close as family and your family did we I feel as if we are the one one family united in and all we want is the best for one another yeah you absolutely. know your mummy was the same all your mummy wanted was the best for us and we felt the same way there was never any sort of little annoyances or no we, we just were you know united in so many ways but I remember your mother's last words when we left Kinloss she was very you know your mum was emotional and very deep yeah. in her feelings for people she had the most beautiful genuine way with her with everyone she met and I always remember she said Padre she always referred to Gerald as Padre and I was always Auntie Margaret I don't care where you go in this world whenever we have children Gerald I love you to christen them yeah. And true to her word, some years later, we got the message, Edward was born. And in those days, your dad worked for, um, and, um, now he was in aircraft. He worked for um, McAlpine. That's right. And he flew us up and flew us back down in a little private jet. <laughs> and that was nice so it was lovely and we had really a great lovely. time there yes and then I phoned Uncle Gerald to, to ask him if he would marry Simon and I yes which, which he did so he came all yes. the way down to Devon with you for our yes. wedding and then I phoned him when Archie was born that's and, right and then Coco and then Gus and Ow. so came to Sussex with you and christened all three of our children yes. which for me is so special because you have been such a huge part of our lives forever and you know I've talked a little bit about not having I had a great relationship with my father when I was much younger but you know well that it hasn't always been easy but uncle to me was a wonderful father figure you know, I often came up to Scotland just to sit <laughs> and, and spend time with you and to fish with uncle and such a wise, wonderful man. Yes. So it's so special for me to have that relationship with him, but then this wonderful relationship with you. Yes. Um, it's just incredible, really incredible. So, uh -huh. so blessed. Now the podcast is called busy house happy home and you auntie had a very very busy home because you had four young boys yeah you were a vicar's wife um yeah. and and you aren't very good at saying no to things <laughs> I know <laughs> so your life was very busy very busy can you busy. share 
some some words of wisdom with our listeners um, about you know how you managed to juggle everything and cope with everything but you know you know Charlie this is Father's Day this is Father's Day and I will bring our husbands into this because like Simon who's a wonderful father Gerald was a wonderful father and I got so much support from him and you know if if a couple can work well together it's that's what makes the home a happy place. Yeah. Working well together, trying to help each other. But, you know, life isn't always like that. We have our ups and downs and mishaps happen and we get tired and irritable. These are just, these are normal things that happen. But most of all, working well and showing each other how much you love each other during difficult times as well, you know. And yes, there were difficult times bringing up four boys, um, but one just has to get on with it. You know, I'm up and getting on with it. Get the sleeves up and get on with it, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. improvise. Sometimes we have to improvise. If things go wrong, you have to find the next best way to deal with a situation. And also, um, I mean, my boys will tell you we had great fun. We had great fun. A lot, I think with boys, you get a lot of banter. And I find with the boys, I get away with it. I don't know if I had daughters, if they would take it, you know, if they would let me off with it the way my boys did. <laughs> but we did have fun. And you know, they were, I'm, I'm a great believer in sport, sport, and more sport. Yes. Sport is so important. Yeah. I wish we could see more children getting more sport in schools you know yes because my four were very keen sportsmen when they went to boarding school when they were older and they all rugby cricket you know hockey you name it they were all heavily into sport which was wonderful but it could be a bit annoying at times simply because um they were always smashing windows you know (laughs) And I used to say to them, boys, you'll have to stop this. And there was one day they crashed through one of the windows. And so I took the rugby ball from them, okay? Mm. But little did I realise, five minutes later, I looked out and they were playing rugby again with a welly boot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a will, there's a way. So, Charlie, I became an expert at uh, broken windows, I know how to put windows in now, and I'm quite expert at it. I had to be, I couldn't afford to pay glaziers to come in and mend all the broken windows. So there we are. But uh, yes, yeah. we had we had our ups and downs. And the boys reminded me the other day, actually, you know, when they came home from school or university, I always had jobs lined up for them. They always said, there was no hanging around the house in our house. Mum had the list of jobs. 
it wasn't at home, not necessarily at home, it was grouse beating, barley roguing, you know, all this sort of thing. They went out and they worked hard. And as long as they were out working hard, I would have a banquet ready for them coming home. But yeah. if they lounged around all day, it was every man for himself. You know? Yeah, quite right. And actually, that's <laughs> absolutely such good advice because, like, and, and regarding the church, I mean, when I met when I met my husband, when I met your uncle Gerald, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was devoted to God, the church, and everything. So it wasn't something terribly difficult for me to fit into marrying a vicar's wife, you know, being a vicar's wife, because I'd always been, um, I always leaned heavily on my church and my faith. It meant a great deal to me, and it still does. Yeah. And, um, do you know, I, I always felt it was such an honor and a privilege to share with people in the happy day, happiest days of their lives and also the saddest days of their lives. Oh. What an honour and a privilege. Yes. And yes. I always felt that uh, not many people get that honour. Yeah. And I would like to think that I respected that and, uh, you know, did my best whenever, whenever I could. Yeah. And that was a part of, that was a serious side of my life, more or less. Yeah. Um, but we, we... And support to people. Yes, yes. It's, um, I think it's a gift you have. You know, some people, and you can teach someone so much, but I think it's a, um, an interest in other people's well-being. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that... Um, perhaps you have or you haven't and that doesn't mean to say if you haven't got it you're not because there's so many other ways you can care for people and help people but yeah. I think my leanings were towards Samaritans which I did for many years and again I didn't yes, know that. yes and that was a great honor and a privilege yeah. to sit and listen and you know people um it's very often troubled, not not necessarily with their own problems, with being treated or bullied mm. or being treated badly by someone else. So yeah. that affected people. It can affect people quite deeply yeah. when that happens. So very often you're listening to people who really have had massive emotional problems which has come from the treatment of others. And you very often get that in sensitive people. Yeah. And um, it was a very interesting time in my life. And I learned a great deal about the depth of people's suffering. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so excited that we have a sponsor for our first season of the podcast, popandflow.com. Pop and Flow is beautiful homeware, jewellery, scarves, towels. They just have beautiful, beautiful things. Hannah that runs it brings me joy. Her website brings me joy. It makes me happy. And so I'm really thrilled that they are a sponsor for the podcast. And Hannah has kindly given us a discount code of CHARLIE10 when you purchase anything from her website. I will leave all the details to popandflow.com down in the show notes. Do take a look because it brings me joy and I hope it will to you as well.
and, and to I reach out. Listening is so important. Having the time to listen to people absolutely it's really really crucial and I think you know in a in a marriage in a relationship in a friendship communication is so important when you're having difficult times talking to one another not just ignoring one another and that causes more tension and more anxiety you know more anxiety and emotions actually just sitting down saying we need to talk about this calm quietly and I think and listen and actually stopping and listening to how the other person's feeling is so so crucial isn't it absolutely it is indeed and I think from your own experience in life um both you and Edward you came through quite a lot but my word haven't you come through it and you're a survivor you know of um difficulties that perhaps your parents had and um, they were both very good parents really they loved you dearly and Edward and it was just unfortunate that there were certain issues that they find found difficult to cope with yeah um, but they were both good people lovely yeah. people your mum was just <laughs> she was something else and you know when I when I listen to you and I hear you on your um ask Charlie I keep thinking she's her mother's daughter. (laughs) She's your mother's. When you talk about the notes that you write, one, two, three, the bullet, you know. (laughs) Yeah. There she goes. She was very wise. But do you know what? I think she learned a lot of that from you because she was so young when you met. I mean, I think maybe she was 18, maybe just. 18 and a half when we first met her. Uh, she was a beautiful young, you know, girl, and she grew into be a, a very beautiful um, young lady in her mature years as well. But you know, your mother had a very deep, deep feeling. She had deep feelings for people. Yeah, she was always helping people out. Um, she, she was amazing. She was amazing. And even when when Gerald and I went to stay with her, she always wanted to do something for us. And I used to say, well, we want to do for you for a change, you know. But, but think, she was so giving of I herself. I think because you and Uncle Gerald gave so much to her, because actually she was she was so young and yeah. you both um, embraced her into embraced your family. Her, yes. and, and you taught her so much, Auntie. I mean, you are always saying such wonderful wise things I mean one thing that I often talk about and I think about on a very very regular basis and you said to me when Archie was a tiny baby you said let him fly because then he'll want to come back of course can we we talk about that a little bit yes absolutely I do believe like um your children they grow up, you have certain control over your children for so long. A lot of people find the transaction from childhood to adulthood difficult, mm. for they're no longer, they no longer have the same control over their children. And they find it hard and tend to want to hold on. Big mistake. You've got to open the door, 
and let them cast them to the four winds and they'll always come back. But you're always there for them if things go wrong and they know that. And let them out, let them investigate, let them make friends. Because, you know, when, when you give them that freedom, they meet so many other people. They learn about other cultures. They learn how to um, make friends and to uh, mix with and to be interested in other and find other cultures interesting, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you know, if, this, if they're at home and if you're trying to kind of keep a, a tight, firm grip on them, they feel suffocated and tend to, you know, escape, look for an escape route. But, you know, each family's different. Everyone's different. Yes. Yeah. But if you get out there and start nurturing relationships, that's all important um, because you want to you want to get a, an insight into the way other people live, foreign people, wherever you go, wherever you tra traveling does that, of course. Yeah. But uh, you, you, you know, your brother Edward, he's traveled a bit and look at him now. You know, when you listen to him, he's amazing. Yeah. He's a great boy. He really yeah. is. Yeah. Mm. So my brother is uh, living in Austria. He's got a wonderful, yeah. wonderful German wife and Lovely. he travels the world commentating. So, right. you know, he's 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 having a wonderful time. And you and uncle traveled a lot, too, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We did quite yeah. a bit, actually. And um, we uh, well, when I was first married, it was quite a culture shock for me because Gerald was a chaplain with the Third Hussars. And he and I was from Glasgow, hadn't really traveled very much. I was only 20, you know, um, and, and the military life was terribly different. But, you know, one eventually sort of uh, um, became part of it. And um, again, I found that after, you know, once you get sort of used to the, the new a different way of life, it really is amazingly interesting. I wouldn't have changed that for anything because uh, one learns so much um, about, but it was difficult because we were in Germany and I was living in a German town at the time and uh, I couldn't speak the language. And uh, so, but you know, you use your inner resources and that strengthens your whole character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it does. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, we I when I was a little girl, you spent a lot of time out um, in the Holy Land. Yes, we did. Indeed, we did. Yes. Um, now, when Gerald retired, uh, we wanted to work in a third world country and we were sent out to Palestine. And um, I really hadn't, you know, much knowledge of the culture there and what have you until we went out and we stayed a year in a home. It was for children whose parents perhaps were being held as political prisoners or orphans. And um, that was one of the best things we ever did in our lives, you know? Yeah. We learned so much about people, about the suffering, about their trying to cope under, you know, occupation and what have you. And really and truly, if man could only live in peace, all people's needs are the same. 
Yes. And if we could just stop and listen and help one another instead of, you know, sort of um, antagonizing and even worse, bombing, which is, I find so difficult to cope with. But uh, we learned so much during that time about the suffering of both parties. You want both parties, both countries to work together in peace and love and to respect one another. So important, you know. So um, and, and for 25 years afterwards, your mommy came and helped me sometime up here in Scotland whenever I had an event. And she was wonderful. I think I sent you some photographs of the flower. Um... You did. You did. <laughs> and actually, um, so this this is a podcast, but I will also uh, link to it on my Instagram and I'll share those photos on Instagram. Yes. So everybody yes. can have a look at the photos that we're referring to now. Um, <laughs> yes, you had lots of events raising money. Oh, lots of money. I used to have, um, every year, mum came up sometimes helping me with the luncheons and the Palestinians, they, they fantastic cooks, Charlotte. You would love, you would love their food. It's all organic, but you know, the, the mothers spend their time, they get up in the morning and it's the old mortar and pestle to grind the spices. What more could you ask for than that? My only regret is that I didn't work longer or more often in the kitchen to learn. learn. Yes, I wish I had, but their food was to die for and all organic. There's no, no tins, no sort of sauces that are pre-made and everything is done by. Yep. And also they are, how can I put it, in Palestine, they have greetings there are terribly important yeah. you know you meet someone in the street and their arms go around you and they swallow you up you know with uh, yes affection and it's so lovely it really is the most warm kind-hearted people I've ever met now that was a great learning learning time for uncle and I we just came back different people totally and uh, I always hoped and said that I would, you know, always pray and keep them in my prayers and thoughts. And I still, I'm still very involved with Palestine. And I have a beautiful little um, goddaughter called Marwa. In fact, I'll probably send you a photograph of her and you can put that in as well. And we still keep in touch. She lives in Bethlehem. Oh, and she's my little goddaughter. Well, she's 28 now, so I guess. <laughs> Not so little. <laughs> she's a beautiful child. She's lovely, lovely girl. Yeah. Sadly, she's got her honours and her degree, but at the moment, um, they can't get out of Bethlehem. There's a wall surrounding them. So she sits at home, sadly. Um, she can't use her expertise, you know, and she makes jewellery for her father to sell at the markets. Um, but whenever I have friends go out, they always pay a visit to Marwa. <laughs> wow. uh, lots of, yes, lots of happy memories and sad memories too from Palestine. Yeah. But uh, still, but Sorry? Totally life-changing. Totally, absolutely. 
I think, you know, it's, it's a wonderful experience to go out, even if it's a gap year or something for young people. And when we were out there, you know, it's amazing the number of young nurses and what have you go out there. That's where you see the church at its best. Yes. They go out, they'll give a year of their, if they're a doctor, surgeon, what have you, and they'll go out and work for a year voluntarily. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, they come back different people. Yeah. You really do, yeah. But, but One you, of the reasons you... why I said um, yes to having a date with Simon was yes, he, he volunteered um, to go. So he's uh, he's not Catholic, it's Church of England, but he volunteered to go on a Catholic pilgrimage to Lourdes to look after sick people. And I thought anyone that can give up their time and volunteer to go and do something like that has a good heart. So this is a good guy I'm going to give him a chance well done <laughs> and yeah I, I admire your values I admire your values you're yeah. absolutely right there because um people like Simon they'll go out there um it's a different like you know you're seeing people struggling and what have you and you take that upon yourself and it, it means it, it you know you have this deep feelings a warm feeling within you that you must reach out and help wherever you can and that yeah. will never and you went out and helped him as well didn't you I did and that's where you he did well done he proposed yes. to me there um yes. on on my last morning um yeah <laughs> You did, yeah. uh, but uh, but you and you and Simon. I mean, how long? How long? You, how did you meet? Um, he was friends with a guy I worked for in in Chelsea by the Royal Hospital, and he kept coming into the office. And after a year and a half, I agreed <laughs> to have lunch with him, which wasn't <laughs> lunch. He actually took me out for dinner, and then we ended up dancing. <laughs> oh, lovely! Um, and yeah, <sighs> and then. Four months later, we had this this trip to Lourdes on the Catholic pilgrimage with the Order of Malta, and that's where he proposed. So it was it was very quick, but um, he'd made up his mind, and I knew that he was a very kind, lovely person. And he is. He's all of that. I, Uncle was very impressed with both of you, naturally. I always remember at your wedding, he said, you know, Simon, I held this girl in my arms long before you. <laughs> when he christened you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just made me think of something. Uncle had a nickname for me. And yes. he was the only person that ever called me that. And actually, it's it sort of ties in a little bit with Ask Charlie, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. 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 So his nickname was um, Little Miss Tittlemouse. <laughs> That's right. He did. Because I was I always going around tidying and cleaning, <laughs> even as a child. <laughs> you know, I well remember that now, Charlie. Yep, yep. Tittlemouse. And you fitted the bill. Yes, you fitted yeah. the bill beautifully. Little Miss. You were always. I um. Did I send you? I've got some lovely photographs of you and Edward. I must get them out sometime again and send them on to you. Uh, down in the rectory, the old rectory. That was a beautiful place. That was a wonderful time for you, Charlie. You had the it horses. Was. You had the stable was, at the back. 
Yeah. And, and yeah. I remember only too well that you know, how much you know. But getting back to Simon and you, I mean, what an amazing couple. You know, it's amazing how you've blended in with the age gap. You know, one's never aware of that. You just look like the perfect couple. Mom, well, I think he's, he's so young at heart and I'm quite, yes. I'm quite old for my, for my yes. age. So we, meet well, nicely, to grow up. we meet nicely in the middle. That's right, absolutely. And, and I do admire your, your values and, and the way you, you bring up your children, you know, um, they come first and foremost in your life. And you'll never recap, you know, those days, are, these days are the most important yeah, when they yeah. need you and when yeah. they're dependent upon you. Yeah. And uh, yes, it's, it's wonderful. We've, we've enjoyed so many years with the, the uh, family, you know, not only with your mum and dad, but don't forget, I knew all your mum's family. Of course. Your of granddad, course. your grandma, the mole. And I'm telling you, they were delightful. Your grandpa, your granddad was the most charming, lovely, kind man. I remember when they came up to the loss. Uh, aunt is talking about at the moment. He was he was so kind and so lovely. I know. I remember when they came up to Canloss. I'm going. I'm I'm going away back to Canloss again, and my four boys were kind of twelve, ten, eight, and six, or something like that. And I remember your granddad coming in, and and your grandma, and we had lovely chit chats with them. You know, they were charming, charming. And your granddad gave my boys two and sixpence each. And that was a lot of money in those days. And they've never forgotten that because they've never had that amount of money in their lives. <laughs> he and was very, he, very generous. Oh, he was so sweet and lined them up, you know, and there they were. They couldn't believe the luck. <laughs> when are you coming back to visit us again? Yes. <laughs> Oh, lovely. Yeah. They were about the children, your children's age. Do you remember when you came up last? We had a great time with your oh, the we three. did have a great time. Yeah. We, we did. Yeah. And the, 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 the children were wonderful. They all had a sleepover with you. Yeah, they did. Indeed, they did. Yes. And we went for ice creams at 10 o'clock at night and all that kind of thing. Yes. You know, it was. <laughs> Um, I talked last week on the podcast um, that that we'd made this decision about Archie coming up to Gordonston. Yes, of course. And, you know, I think for me, it's so lovely knowing that you're up there. Oh, indeed. And, you know, there's there's so many connections with our family um, up in Scotland and, and with Simon as well to Scotland. Yeah. And I think for me, it makes the decision so much easier because it hasn't been an easy one. We'd uh -huh. obviously like him much closer to home and be able to see him every day. But, you know, those words that you said, you've got to let him fly, really kind of resonated. He is so excited about this new opportunity. Yes. Um, but for me, it's so lovely knowing that there are people that I can pick up the phone and say, "Absolutely, I'll oh. be there." Um, yeah. And you know, you're, uh, he can come and have a sleepover with us anytime. 
and I love it. And I've got a big notice in my kitchen here. This is Granny's house. Children are spoiled here. (laughs) And they are. (laughs) And then, then of course, Mark's in Edinburgh. So let's talk a bit about your boys. Oh, yes. So shall we start with Stephen? Stephen, well, Stephen, I mean, they went to boarding school and uh, loved, well, they settled down after a while and they did eventually settle down and, and really enjoyed it. And Stephen, how can I put it? He was a bit of a wild boy, you know, um, uh, but got on well at school. He always had masses of pals around him, you know, and enjoyed school days very much. And then he was a great rugby player and played for the West of Scotland when he got a bit older, you know. Um, and But funnily enough, although he was a kind of noisy child, he's now, at the ripe old age of 63, he's very gentle, a lot like his father. Isn't it strange? He's taken a lot of his father's, inherited a lot of his father's genes. And he's very kind and honestly, I don't know what, what I'd have done without him when Gerald passed away. And he, because he's an accountant, he managed all that side of which took a great deal of stress from me. And he's married with the two boys and one is in the church like his granddad. Which Ross, is so in, um, he's a curate in St. Uh, James's Gerard's Cross. Yeah. He's a curate there at the moment. And he's married with three little children. So we've got three great grandchildren. And he's married to Emma, who's Irish, like himself. And uh, yep. Stephen, Stephen lives in Ireland, doesn't he? Stephen lives up in, in Belfast. And he yeah. worked at the uni, at the university in Ireland, in the financial department. And he's loving life now. He's retired. And Alison and he are traveling the world together, which they deserve because they worked so hard all their lives. And their boys are doing great. Matthew works for the civil servant service. And Ross, as I say, he's in the church. He's decided to follow in his grandpa's footsteps, which, which is, is good. so lovely. And, yes, and then, and then David. David. David, yes. yes. Well, David is, um, he was always very shy at school. Uh, and did all right, all right. They were never acad- what I would call academics, but they were happy doing what they were doing. Again, very heavily into sport. And David, um, he was always a cautious fellow, still is a bit cautious, uh, but he's now, uh, again, he followed in his father's footsteps and he's in the church in Ardeen and he's a canon of, um, is it St Andrews Cathedral in Dublin? I'm not sure if it's St Andrews. I think it is called St Andrews. Anyway, in Dublin. And he's got a church in Greystones, which is just a few miles out of Dublin. And he married Pauline, who's Irish. And um, they have the two, they, the first two girls in about 40 years, at last, I got two girls, they're all boys. <laughs> so they're in Ireland and they're fine. And James is a great tennis player. And Rachel has just finished her exams. And I get lovely little notes from Rachel every now and again. And Rebecca, she's uh, still got two years to go to school. And they're very happy over in Ireland, sadly. Um, I would have loved if they'd stayed in Scotland, but that wasn't to be. So they're over in Ireland. They're very happy. 
uh, Mark, as you know, Mark is the, the daughter I never had. <laughs> <laughs> He's working in criminal justice and the social side of things and loves his job. Again, dealing with people. Most of my sons are in the caring professions, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and he's married to a German girl called Karina, who's a wonderful daughter-in-law, great cook, and very helpful to me, which is great. We got on very well. Our values are somewhat nice the same. They're not. They're not too far away, are they? No, they're they're about thirty miles away from me, which is which great. Is so which I see so them nice. a lot. I see them a lot, yeah. which is rather nice. And they have Jordi, who's twenty-six. And then they have a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a six-year-old. <laughs> that keeps them busy. And it keeps uh, them very busy. They agree. Yeah. And Karina works in the St. John's Hospital in Livingston. And she's uh, she works in the social side as well. Things. And then there's Michael, the Royal Marine, who still <laughs> thinks he's a Royal Marine. <laughs> and Michael came out of the Royal Marines having uh, served, I think, about eight years and yeah. had difficulty settling in civilian life for a while. And then he, uh, you know, like myself, he's up, get on with it and pull the sleeves up and don't sit around and mop, just up and off. Yeah. And so he's got um, his own business now in the construction business, which is doing all right and he's living in Wimbledon with a Greek wife called Stella <laughs> and yeah. they have two boys two yes Gabriel and Raphael and they're <laughs> delightful boys you must meet them the next time I'm through in London yes I, it would be really lovely. we must get together yeah. Friday I know that but you're, so you're a busy little I... you're a busy little V <laughs> yes um, I have a funny story to tell right so the, first, the first Christmas that my parents weren't together I couldn't I couldn't really quite cope with things so I came up to Scotland to stay with you and uncle you did Christmas. indeed you did indeed yes and I knew that it would be a really happy lovely lovely Christmas with yes. you and on Boxing Day night David and Mike the vicar and the ex-marine said, oh. let's go out in Edinburgh. Come on, Charlie, we'll take you out in Edinburgh. So we went out and we went on a bit of a bit of a bar crawl. Um, I was 16. I, I, think, oh, I, had, I think I had a few naughty drinks. Anyway, we were staying in a, in a friend of Mike's flat in Edinburgh. Right. And he had gone to bed and, and right. forgotten about us. Right. I'm going to and plug you in. The battery's low. I'm plugging you in. Okay. Yes. Well done. Uh-huh. Right. And you can still speak. I can hear okay. you. You can hear me. Perfect. Um, yes. So anyway, we couldn't get this, this chap's attention. We couldn't wake him up. We were locked right. outside. And so I spent Boxing Day night on the streets of Edinburgh with, with your two boys. The oh, Vicar no. And, the and we, we had no... Uh -oh. Go <laughs> and the car keys were locked in the flat, so we literally had to sleep on the street. And Mike found, I think, some curtains in a skip. <laughs> the three of us huddled up <laughs> on the street in some curtains 
on Boxing Day night. And it, do you know what? It, I, it's a night I will never forget. It was hilarious. <laughs> well, they never told me that story, Charlie. No, we never. all kept it they, quiet. I think we pretended know. that we'd had a great night's sleep and tried to be as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when we came back. <laughs> they do know how to treat a lady, don't they? They do. <laughs> Oh, oh dear, dear, funny. dear. You know, we could write a book, Charlie, of all the oh, lovely But our families have always been so close. It's amazing, isn't it? We've yeah. always been so close and yeah, for all we're deep. miles apart. And, uh, you know, it's it's just wonderful. It really is. And uh, I'll never forget your mother. She really was my very loyal friend. I've still got her last text to me and it says I'm on the train going up to um, was it Devon and I'm going to the dentist to have my teeth done and she said that photograph I got from you she said it's absolutely gorgeous I'm looking at it and she said "Um, you look like a film star in it (laughs) That was your mother, typical offer. And that was that was the day before she died. That was the day before she died. And I've still got that in my phone. But Auntie, you do look like a film star. <laughs> oh, now, no. can, we talk, can we talk about this, please? So, Aunt yes. Margaret, can yes, I be very rude and ask your age? My age. I shall be 86 in a few weeks' time. Oh my 86 and you look incredible what <laughs> is the secret the secret i don't know just live live and let live enjoy life and um lead, lots lead of sport oh, it's lots of sport lots well of you sport. know me i'm so what do you do auntie I'm still playing tennis. Yes, I play tennis and I try to walk 10,000 steps a day. Um, that's important. But I do honestly think... How, how often do you play tennis? Well, three times a week. At the moment, playing a little more because some of the girls are on holiday. And so I'm standing in. So most days I'm out for an hour, sometimes two hours. Loving it. Absolutely. But, you know, do, don't you play tennis? Or didn't you play tennis, Charlie? Did you ever? I do. Yes. And Simon's very keen on his Simon's tennis. Simon's good. Well, Simon, Simon is will, so keen on his tennis. He and he also plays real tennis, too. He does uh, both. Simon will agree with me when I say the moment I get on that court and I pick up my racket and ball, I don't have a ache or a pain. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I get right into it and love every minute of it. And I'm always saying, keep up sport. As long as you keep doing it, you'll be okay. It's when you give it up, then it's difficult to go back to it. But I love my sport. And, I, and you've I'm had a knee replacement. Not yes, a knee replacement, and that's fine. Pre-pandemic? Uh, yes. It, no, yeah. it was... Um, I remember was, visiting you not long after because we had a right. walk around the lock together. Yes, it was it was prior to the uh, COVID. Yeah, and and um, I've never known pain like it. It was horrendous. However, it's done, 
and I'm up and running again, and that's great. So <laughs> keep going. But I keep myself busy, Charlie. You know, I'm, I've always got things on and interested and interested in people and children. I'm lucky having 15 grandchildren, and yes. that keeps me busy. Yeah, all age groups, and they keep me right. Um, so, I, you know, I, I enjoy people around me. I always have done. And my door's always open and the kettle's always whistling. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the secret. And, that's and if you lead, lead a fairly reasonable, honest life, you know, and where, where you, you, you try to do your best for yourself, your family and your friends, it's important. But, you know, I'm finding now I'm the last of my long-term friends left, sadly. This, is ha this happens in life, and yeah. you have to accept it and uh, yeah. get on with life, you know. But I'm very lucky, I'm very content, very happy, and uh, just enjoy what I can, what's left of my life, I love. <laughs> so there we are. Now, tell me what well, are you... I, yes, I, want, I want to really thank you from the bottom no. of my heart for joining oh. me for this final final episode of um this season of the podcast we right. will be taking a short break and then yes. i'm back with with season two but auntie thank you for um, no. your Wonderful. time today and it's, it's a pleasure so lovely there's, you. there's so much more we could say but here we are well maybe it's you'll join wonderful. me Maybe you'll join me again for um, <laughs> yes. for another conversation. Um, Charlie, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I love to chat with you with you on forever, and uh, so lucky to have known you and your family. Your family, and uh, you take care. Love to all my little treasures there, and tell <laughs> them I keep up with them and their horses and their riding and what have you. And to your we, darling um, husband, give him a big hug all, from um, me. Send our love to you. Yes, and, indeed. Um, and we will be seeing you very soon. Well done. Look forward to that, darling. Take care and God bless. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. This is the final episode of my podcast, Busy House, Happy Home. I want to thank you listeners so much for joining me for this first season. For your lovely, lovely feedback and comments, I really appreciate it. But please will you remember to hit the subscribe button and also to leave me a review. Reviews are so important because it helps other people find me and I would be really grateful of that. I will be taking a short break, but I will be back with season two very, very soon. And I look forward to you joining me then. Lots of love. Bye. I would be really grateful if you are enjoying my podcast. If you would just take a moment to hit the subscribe button. It helps other people know that we exist. And I would be so grateful of that. And leave me a review. The more subscribers we have, the more episodes I can put on for you. So please just take a moment and hit the subscribe button.